turn to Matthew chapter 17. We'll get over there in just a little bit. I called this tonight, uh, Are You Full of It? <laughs> I like that title. I could, ask, uh, I, I could ask a few spouses or a few friends and say, are, 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 are they full of it? And, and you might be thinking of several different things that they might be full of. Beans or something else starts with a B. I don't know. You know, other things. But you know, here's the thing I'm talking about. I'm talking about full of the Word and full of faith. Are you full of it? Because see, when we're pressured or when we're squeezed, what comes out is telling us what's inside. Jesus said that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you want to know where your heart is, you want to know how, where people's heart is, watch how they talk, what they, what they talk about. You know, you can, you can figure out pretty quick if you're in a place of faith or if you're in a place of fear, if you're trusting God or not. And you know what? The, the wonderful thing is, is it gives us an indicator of where we are. You know, Jesus uh, here in chapter 17, Matthew chapter 17, uh, in verse 14, uh, and I'm not going to read all of this, but there was a, a, a man who brought his son to the disciples to get him free, to get him prayed for. He, had a, a, he was demon-possessed and ha- having, a, having an issue, and he, he needed help. They couldn't help him. And here in verse 17, he says, You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. That's a pretty, pretty harsh way to respond. It's like, you know, Jesus, I thought you were all compassionate. I thought you were all kind and all nice all the time, you know. But he's frustrated. He's disappointed in his disciples, maybe even in, in, in the whole situation. But yet, he went ahead and ministered to him. It says in verse 19, it says, uh, or verse 18, I should say. Verse 18, Jesus rebuked the demon. It came out of the boy, and he, he was healed at that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and asked, why could we not drive it out? So they had tried and, were, and had failed. And Jesus gave them a very clear answer. He says, because you have so little faith. Truly I tell you that if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it'll move and nothing will be impossible to you. You know, uh, this... This is related. This story is related in three of the four gospels, in uh, in the book of Luke and the book of Mark. It's uh, it's 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 talked about. It's told a little bit different. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I, I first time I read through the Bible when I first began to really follow God, and I, I started reading through the gospels, and I didn't understand why they didn't say the story, tell the story exactly the same. Sometimes you know, there's parts of it that are related different. There's parts of it that are emphasized, parts of it that are left out by the different ones who related it. But, but think about this. The way they were, God had them write it down, and they wrote it down years later. It wasn't a document as they went. There wasn't a, somebody following Jesus, and you know, one of the twelve was not the, the, uh, the, the note taker. It, it was later on. And, and some of them were not even there at the time. It was related to them, like Mark especially. It was from Peter's stories, and then he used one of the other Gospels. But here was the point. It wasn't that every one of them had to have the same story. It was that for their perspective, 
and the value that God had them teaching it, they needed to understand or they needed to relate the point and the thing of emphasis. You know, there's a lot of different things working here that we could emphasize and, and, and focus on. But the one thing I want us to see here tonight is that, that they had so little faith that they couldn't do what they needed to do. And Jesus brought that point out. He brought the answer to why they couldn't. But you know, we know from the rest of the Scripture, and we know that through the teaching of Paul and after Jesus uh, left uh, or was raised again, and, and after the new birth and the help and power of the Holy Spirit that we receive as believers, we know that we can have the faith and, and accomplish the things that are needed to do. But you know, it's just helpful to us sometimes to know where our limit is, where our lack is, or where the thing that, can, that needs to be changed is. Now I can say this, that, that um, he says right after this, nothing will be impossible to you. We know that meaning nothing according to the Word of God, nothing within the promise of God uh, would, would be, uh, it would, uh, nothing would be impossible in those ways. But we also know that we can build our faith to grow to a point so that we can pray and expect things to happen. You know, it all starts with, it begins with so much, with just having that expectation that God is still at work in this way. I was having a conversation, one of the, one of the many conversations I've had today, and, and one of them was relating a story or a conversation with another person, and this other person didn't realize, they'd gone to church, but the church they were in didn't realize that that the Holy Spirit can speak to you, that God can speak to you and lead and guide and direct you. This person was relating the stories, talking about me ministering in, in a way that there are times when I absolutely... Well, okay, it was Whitney that was relating this story. And, and she's always got my notes because she follows on the script. So she's got my notes. She knows when I'm following my notes and when I'm not following my notes. She knows when I'm going off... off the, the, what, what was prepared, you don't always know because I don't always stop and say, thus says the Lord. Or I don't always st- stop and say, uh, you know, I have a word for you specific. But I know a lot of times when the, the Lord's just given me something specific for us. Now, one of the things that I try to relate is our understanding of faith and the, and the difference between how the Word of God comes to us. It can come to us in the Logos form, which is the said Word of God. It's all this written, the whole of the Scripture, and that's the Greek word Logos kind of represents, or doesn't kind of, it represents that. And and it helped me to understand that the spoken Word or the said Word of God is is for us. But it also is, is what was happening at that time. It's, it's the history of it. It's the, uh, the, the explaining of what's going on. All of those things are valuable. That's why I love these teaching bi- or these study Bibles that give you a, a pre-each chapter what's going on, who the author was, what the time period was. And then all the commentaries down below that help you understand really what's some of the details and, 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 and explaining how things tie together. It's really, really interesting. But there's also that, that understanding of the word rhema, which is, is the spoke or the speaking word, meaning a specific word to us now. When I'm reading the Scripture or I'm listening to a sermon, you ever been sitting there? You know, people will say, well, I've never heard God speak. 
And yet you ever been sitting there and, and it sounds like or seems like the preacher's speaking right to me. I hear that a lot. People say, well, yeah, boy, you, you could have preached to everybody else in there. You didn't have to just get on my toes. You didn't have to just pick on me or you didn't have to just preach at me. Well, see, here's the thing. That's God speaking by the, by the Holy Spirit, leading us, guiding, directing us, speaking us through either the speaker or the Word. There's times whenever I, I lead you to a Scripture or you, you go into that time of study, and all of a sudden it doesn't change what it says I mean, out of context, but it brings you into the context of the Word. That's what's exciting. When, when you have a problem or you have an issue or you have a concern, a desire, a need, and you ask God for help, and He leads you to the Scripture that talks about something, and then you can begin to see yourself in that. That's what God will do for us. And He'll begin to bring that rhema word, that speaking word, now for us. And that's where faith comes from. Faith comes from hearing the Word of God in a, in a way that it's speaking to us. That's what God does in the amazing transformation of this Word being a, 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 an old document that was written thousands of years ago, and parts of it, at least all of it. I mean, the newest part of it coming from you know 2,000 plus years ago. And yet, it's so relevant for us today. And yet, it can fit us and speak into our lives and know uh, this, compare the same things and bring the same things to light. He says... If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, move from here to there, and it'll move. You know, you begin to think about that prayer, that ability to pray in that manner. Now, I wish I could just always get everything I pray for just the way I want it prayed for, right? There wouldn't any of you ever go to a surgery. There wouldn't any of you ever go to through, through a struggle. You'd have every need met. You'd have every relationship problem solved. You'd have everything you needed just like that. But So you say, well, okay, so how do I get that kind of prayer? You know, there's something, there's a, there's a part of this verse over in Mark, when it, this story's related over in Mark, where he talks about this kind happens or comes out with prayer and fasting. The NIV leaves that verse out because it was added from Matthew. But uh, the, some of the translations have it in there. But over in Mark it talks about this. So it comes as a result of prayer and fasting. Now, I, I was b beginning to uh, think about how we get full of the Word and full of this Word that's that now Word. It's really teaching or really giving me the right prayer. You know, if you could pray with success or pray knowing you're praying God's will, we're going to pray with more success. We're going to be more effective in, in how we pray. I've told you many times as I've begun to pray for people that, you know, they come with a need and, and, and go to pray for that need. There's times whenever I'm in the middle of almost a sentence that I will change what I say and what I pray for as the Lord, as the Lord leads sometimes. That doesn't always happen, but sometimes that does. Uh, sometimes I pray from just general practice or the thing that you know, has worked before. There's all different ways. But what I've found is if I can spend the time with God to go to His Word, wait on Him, bring that before the Lord, and not try to tell God ahead of time what I need or want, but ask Him to direct me. 
then that prayer, everything tends to be entirely different. You know, uh, the success of it. Why? Because God got involved. Faith got involved from His promise, His direction, His leadership, His wisdom, and He was the one uh, doing the work. So uh, having that kind of faith to move those mountains or to to change circumstances and situations in our life, uh, that's where we want to be. And we want to get to a point where we pray and nothing be impossible to us. Nothing according to the Word of God. In other words, I'm, I'm not getting robbed from the blessing of God. I'm not, allowing, I'm not losing out on things that He's, He's promised or provided for me. You know, uh, there's been times whenever I've begun a season of prayer, begin to ask God for something. And after I went to God with it and I prayed this prayer and I spent a little time in it, after a while, sometimes that prayer begins to change because I'm enlightened to more of God's direction, His wisdom, His will. One of the things I pray for uh, for a lot of people when I pray for them, and, and I pray for this in, for me as well, is for wisdom. And I don't just mean, you know, like learned knowledge. I mean wisdom, which is from God. God, show me, reveal to me what I need to know about this situation. Help me to make a right decision based on the information I have, and based on you knowing more than me, God. So we can do that. So we begin to see those things change. But part of this is, a part of this is that time of prayer. I had someone come to me, I have people come to me a lot of times with questions or, or, or things that they're praying about or asking the Lord about, trying to make decisions in their life. You know, what I have done in those seasons of, of big weighty decisions is spend a lot of time in prayer. Spend a lot of time with God. You know, you don't become uh, knowledgeable about something. You know, Google helps us cheat, right? We, we, you can Google and YouTube. You know, two valuable things for the, for the world we live in. If you don't know how to do something, you can get it on either one of those places. How, how many of you ever gone to YouTube to figure out how to fix something? Absolutely. Oh, whatever. You do too. You just make the videos. Is that right? <laughs> he does too. See, here's the thing. We go to those places. Why? Because we want to grow in it. Wouldn't it be cool if we could go to YouTube and say, how do I get my mountain moved? They're probably going to have a picture of a bulldozer. You know, something like that. going to move your mountain. But you know what? It's all in the Word. But we've got to get full of it. Here's what I've found. When I'm full of God, full of the Word, I'm then, uh, then faith comes by hearing the Word. And then I'm full so that I'm working off of the overflow. I'm working out of the excess. Let's look over here in, in uh, Acts chapter 3. And, and I want to I read this account of uh, Peter and, and John. I love this story because uh, what, what God did here through them because it, I think, challenges us to live at a higher level, a higher expectation. These two men had been through a lot. And you know, Peter was less than perfect. I think Peter gives us all hope that God can use us because Peter was uh, emotional. He was... He was he was a lot of things that, you know, we were talking about this last Sunday uh, with some of the young men. I said, 
you know, that we were talking about the disciples and, and how if we were on a committee to choose the disciples, you know, you, you could think about that for people that you know, people that are right here, you could go across here and, and you'd ask yourself, who would be deemed worthy of being a disciple? Who would we pick? You know, we might pick some 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 individuals, you might say, well, I don't think I can get 12 people out of, out of 80 or, or 100 or whatever. You know, I don't know if I could get those kinds of people. But Jesus knew exactly what they could be when He came into their life. That's the awesome thing. He's not looking for perfection. He's not looking for us to get it all figured out. He's looking at, to get involved in our life and, and to begin to transform and change us. But these men had been changed radically because of what God had done in their life. In verse 1 of, of uh, Acts chapter 3, it says, One day, Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple to the gate called Beautiful, when he was put, where he was put every day to beg. From those from beg from those who were going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. And Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, Look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Now, I want to pause right there and, and I want to talk just a little bit about this because I love this account because here's this man who is being set there expecting or hoping to get just some money, just a little bit to buy groceries with, just a little bit to get by. And Peter and John were just going in to pray. Now the good thing is, or the example that they're setting is, they were making time on that day to pray, to go to the temple. But there was something else that, that took place here that's so powerful. It, is it says that when Peter looked at him, he grabbed his attention. I don't think it was a casual thing. He stopped what he was doing heading in there. And it was a divine appointment. It was something that God set up. But he said, look at me. And the man looked, but the way he looked is, is what I love. It, it said he's expecting to get something. That's why I open every service here on Tuesday nights with expecting. Because if we're expecting, we've got our ears on. We've got, we got the antennas up. We're ready to receive. He's expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said to him, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. Now, just thinking about that, he thought what his pro the answer to his problem was silver and gold. How many people run this their whole life looking for silver and gold, chasing the, all the, the, the dollar, chasing material things, trying to get fulfillment, trying to get... I, I, I remember, I've told the story about one of the houses that we, that we uh, got to rent for a while up there at Jet that had five bedrooms, three baths. We had four kids at home, five bedrooms, three baths. Uh, had a fireplace in the kitchen, or in the in the kitchen, in the master bedroom, and in the and in the living room. It had a hot tub right off the the master bedroom. It had uh, everything big, oh nice big room to uh, you know uh, living room and and all this stuff. I mean, it was a phenomenal house. It had a wraparound porch. I mean, it, it was it was a neat neat place, and we got to rent it for next to nothing. God provided that. But you know what? 
At the, when at the time we got that, I, I just realized after a while, it was just a house. Something that we'd prayed for, something we'd dreamed of, something we desired, or probably me more than my wife. But you know what? After we had it, it was like, just a house. Now, there's nothing wrong if I'd have loved that house, all that stuff. But you know what? There was a time whenever I had to leave that house. We had to choose to say, oh, this house ain't going to hold me down because I've got something more important to do and God's got something better for us in mind. But you know what? We sometimes chase the silver and gold. He thought that was his answer, but God had something better. See, I can tell you this. If your life, if you're caught up focusing on and pursuing just things in life and your whole of your day is worrying about money, maybe how much you're going to get, how you're going to keep it, is it going to last long enough? All these worries. Now, being wise with it is very important. We talk about that. You know, being stewards of our money. We ought to ask God to get involved in our money, give us wisdom. Show me how to, to stop the outflow that's, that doesn't need to be there. Show me how to be better with investments. Be b- more direct in how to handle it. But you know what? We also got to be willing to say, okay, God, what do you have that's better? That's even more so. You know, I believe that God sets our, our heart's desire, gives us the desires of our heart. When we surrender our heart and our life to Him, that's what He does. He gives us the desires of our heart. He guides and directs us. This man was pursuing silver and gold. But, but Peter said, I don't have that. i got something better. He said, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, walk. The man said, I was wanting money, and this guy's telling me to do something I can't do. But there was something that took place in that exchange and in that encounter. You see, that man turned to him expecting to receive something. When Peter stopped, and Peter and John said, look at me. They were getting his attention. And he said, it says, the man expected to get something from them. I believe... That in this exchange between these two men, even prior to him rising, being healed and rising and walking, something took place, and it was because of what Peter and John had on the inside of them. I began to read this this afternoon, and I've taught this many, many times in a lot of different ways, but as I begin to see this, this man's faith, he received faith in the moment because of what was on the inside of Peter and John. Peter and John didn't have time to preach a big, long sermon. Peter and John had a moment to speak in his life, and they said, look at me. And he, he, he drew, was drawn to them. I believe that, that Peter absolutely, in, in, in ex, ex, the boldness and the confidence and, and the life of God in Peter built, caused his, this man's faith to rise. And he still might not have understood it completely, but all of a sudden he said, this guy's got something I want. This is the way we ought to live. You're going to live for God. You're going to at times make people uncomfortable. I know people that aren't comfortable around me. I know some people who have become comfortable around me after a while. And it's not because I'm not a likable guy. I think I'm pretty much a pretty good, a pretty good guy, pretty likable guy. I think I'm okay, all right? 
But sometimes people, they see or sense the life of God in us, and if they're not ready to receive, they want to push that away. They want to keep, they, they want to get just a little bit close. But here's the thing. If we will do as Peter and John were doing, going to, at that time of prayer, the hour of prayer, I don't know when the time of prayer, the hour of prayer is for you. But it ought to be, I really believe, the best time to pray is first thing in the morning. But you know what? There's some other idea or thought about prayer. It says pray without ceasing also. That means all the way through my day, I want to stay in tune with God so that I'm communicating, I'm exchanging back and forth. I don't want my prayer time to only be when I'm in church or only be when I'm at my spot or only be at this certain time. I want God going with me. He does by the virtue of the Holy Spirit. I realize that when we're born again. But I don't want to shut Him out of anything that I do. All the way through my day, I want Him directing me. Hey, you ought to go this way. Hey, you ought to go this way. Hey, you ought to turn here. You ought to, you ought to think about calling that person. You ought, to, you ought to go over here. You know, God will bless you even in things that you just want to do as, as a recreation. He'll show you the good fishing spots. I've seen God do so many things. You know, I, 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 a lot of times we don't recognize those little nudges or those little, those little things that are directing us until we miss it. Isn't that right? You know, you go, boy, I think God's telling me I ought to save that money or I ought to, ought to, ought to do this. Or, you know, I always tell the, the, the illustration of the first time I begin to recognize this. You know, I'm checking cattle and I was headed home from one place that, and I had to drive a, a half a mile past another place you know i was on the mile line going to my house and and i had the thought go check the hot wire go check the hot wire over there on that place ah it'll be all right i checked it yesterday ah it's all right nope i'm going home so we'll have supper ready i'm ready i'm ready to get home about nine o'clock somebody calls me i didn't even need to ask what it was about got cattle out why? Because the fence wasn't hot. Holy Spirit's trying to help me, right? So I realized, oh, that was the Lord. Well, you know, there's been other times I've heard something like that, and I've gone over there, and I've checked the fence, and it's hot. I go, well, I can't hear God. I don't know. Hey, listen, you know what I think that is? God just testing us to see if we'll be obedient regardless. I'd sure a lot rather miss it by having to take that little 10-minute detour over here, check the fence, and yeah, it's hot, and get home and get all in my, in my comfy shorts and ready, ready, to, you know, ready to go to bed and get a call and say, well, you got cattle out. Well, you got to go get, get, cattle, get dressed back and go out and take care of something. See, God tried to prevent that. You see, these guys had developed that relationship with God, and they knew that God was with them. They knew their life was different. And, and they didn't just decide, hey, you know, I bet they didn't get up that morning and, and Peter and John said, you know what, let's go over there by the gate, beautiful, and let's just heal somebody. You know. I don't think they set out with that mindset. I do think they set out with that mindset that, Lord, this is your day. What can I do for you? Lord, this is your day. How can I be a blessing to somebody? I say that every morning at the end of my, my morning Bible study, right before I say, go get them for Jesus. I say, go find somebody to do something good for today. Just be a blessing to somebody. It might just be a smile. It might just be a word of encouragement. 
But see, here's the thing. If we set our life up to be that way, we might just have an encounter that would bring somebody into the kingdom of God or bring somebody from death to life bring somebody into a place where they, they couldn't be on their own. This man was helpless. He was, he was hopeless. Something happened when they said, look at me. There was faith that rose up in this man. And I don't think he knew exactly what it was. But he knew it was going to be good. He had an expectation. All of a sudden he began to realize, you know what, God, you've got something for me. And, and he said, what I do have, I give you. Verse 6, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, walk. And verse 7 says, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and he began to walk. And then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. I wrote, a, I wrote a couple of things down here. His life changed radically when he met two men full of faith and power and willing to give him what they were full of, faith. I asked the, the, the question in my title, are you full of it? Are you full of God? Are you full of the Word? Are you full of faith? And you may say, well, I don't know if I am. Now, I've had a few opportunities in life to go into situations and pray that I wasn't prepared for. But I've tried to always be prepared. One of my greatest thoughts or concerns is, and, and the, probably the greatest weight of, of ministry and being a pastor and, and, and being led by the Spirit of God is being ready, being full, being ready, maintaining that. It's the greatest challenge of ministry because there's a constant draw on you. But when we learn to do that, I, I remember when I first started in ministry, I, I was, uh, well, I was, I was a ways in, but this was when we went to the big church over in Arkansas to be the associate pastor. And I came in there and the pastor told me, he said, uh, you know, I'd only preached in, in big adult church. I'd been a youth pastor and preached a few times, but, you know, I hadn't preached all that much. And so I didn't have a, a bunch of notes to go grab or anything like that. And, and he told me, he said, you know, and this guy was a teacher of teachers. I mean, he was, he was very intimidating to think about trying to preach in his pulpit and follow him. But he come to me and we did a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night service. And, and he told me, he said, just for this first month, you stay in your office, you know, study, prepare, get a feel for everything. And, and I'll let you know when you're going to get to preach and you'll preach a Wednesday night or a Sunday night. And uh, he, he comes to me, he pops his head in, I've been there about a week, he pops his head in my office, he says, hey, uh, I had a thing come up and I need to be gone, and this was on Wednesday at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon, he said, can you preach for me tonight? And I went, uh, no. I mean, there was like three or 400 people to show up on Wednesday night service. I mean, it was, it was a, <laughs> I was like, uh, no. But I said, I'll tell you what, this is the last time I won't be ready, I'll never not be ready again. There were other times he called me at nine o'clock on Sunday morning. One day, one time he called me. Uh, he called me. He could pop in there on Sunday afternoon after church. He said, "You you want tonight's service? Yes, sir." I'd say, "Sue, y'all go home. I'm gonna go pray." <laughs> but but we 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 remained ready. But you know what? It, it's 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 being willing to stay full and have access to to overflow or, or, or to minister with. His expectation arose when he saw the boldness of Peter. He wasn't sure of anything except that they were full of life and he was stirred by them. I believe that's what happened in this man's life. They, um, they, gave, they gave him, Peter and John gave them what they had and Jesus 
was enough. You know, uh, I want to I want to turn to Ephesians chapter twelve or chapter three. Sorry, Ephesians chapter three, verse twelve, and and I want to read this verse before I close here. In verse uh, verse twelve, he says, "In him and through him," talking about Jesus. In him and through faith in him, we have we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I want you to understand something. There's a, there's a, you may question whether or not you can really come to God, but through God in our relationship with Him, we can do that. There was two kinds of faith at work, at work here. And I've never thought about this until some things I was, I was, as I was studying this out today. But there were two different kinds of faith in that story that we just related. There was faith to receive, and there was faith to minister. I've never separated those two before, but our first place that we've got to be is in that faith to receive. We've got to be willing to say, okay, God, I'll take you at your word. That's how we get saved to begin with. We receive by faith what God has given us. Not based on our merit. Not based on how good you are. You can't get good enough to be worthy. So just quit trying and just give it up. Give it to God. Okay, God, take me as I am. I receive you. But receiving faith also other things. How many times do we let, I call them blessing blockers, set in, settle into our life that keep us from receiving because we don't even have faith to see God doing it for us? You can begin to think about your life and you think, well, you know, I could see oh, oh sister so-and-so getting it because she's a, she's a saint. She's in church all the time. She sings in the choir. She's a wonderful person. You could see maybe, maybe some other person, did, but you can't see yourself. You can't, don't have faith to receive. Listen, you've got to have faith, first of all, to believe that God wants you to have His great and precious promises. You've got to be willing to say, okay, God, if you said it, I believe it. If you spoke to the disciples, I'm your disciple as well. If the Apostle Paul prayed that for the church or the people of Ephesus or Corinth or, or all these different you know, regions and, and, and all these things that were written, they weren't just written for history. They were written for us. We've got to have, first of all, faith to receive it. Say, God, I want that. God, I desire that faith to receive what God has promised. And then you can step into that next realm of faith to, to minister. You know what? God can do a whole lot more through you than you ever realize. He sees a lot more value. It's a perfect example. There were no perfect men or women that God used throughout the Bible except obviously Jesus. Every one of them had weaknesses, had flaws, at times would doubt at times would would reject God all kinds of different things doesn't give us an excuse but it, it just tells us that we can also be ministers if we'll have faith to minister we can act on God's gift that's on, on the inside of us are you expecting to give what you have this was a question that I asked are you a carrier of life and power of G and the life and power of Jesus and have you done the necessary things to be equipped you know, God doesn't expect you to do what you're not equipped to do. He just expects us to get equipped. 
And that's my, my, one of my jobs is to teach the Word of God in a way that we can understand it, we can receive it, we can walk in it. Well, listen, it all begins with just that surrendering to God to say yes to Him. You have faith to receive tonight. Let's pray. Father, we just come before You tonight. and Lord, I just thank You for this Word. I, I thank You, Lord God, for showing me something out of a so familiar Scripture that, that just opens it up in a new way. Lord, help us to, to see that we need faith to receive, first of all. Lord, if someone struggles with their ability to see You at work in their life, I pray, Father God, that you'd, you'd open their eyes to see. That, Lord, just like Peter and John when they said, look on us, that, that, that we would look to You with a heart of expectancy. God, I thank You that You see all of our failures, You see the weaknesses, you see the sin, you see the problems, but Father, you see beyond it to the core of us and know that we, you, you were willing to die for us. Lord God, no matter the age of the person, no matter how far they've run, all we have to do is turn to you. And God, if there's anybody in this place or, or listening that is ready to make Jesus Lord, you're ready to give up and say, okay, God, I, I have faith to receive. And I'm ready to do so. If you can make that decision tonight, you can make the contact with us. You can make the choice and the decision to say, I want to I I be prayed with. I want to acknowledge God as my personal Lord and Savior. It's as simple as confessing our sins. Lord, I've, I've sinned. But Lord, I want to be forgiven. I give it to You, all of my sin. And I give to You my life. Now Jesus, be my Lord and my Savior. I want you to come into my heart and to come into my life. And if we can do that with sincerity, we can be saved. And Father, if there's anybody else in here who maybe you're born again, you've maybe you've made Jesus Lord, but you wanna you wanna be willing, you wanna be able to be used by you. Father, I pray that there'd be a faith to see themselves as not only the one receiving the healing, but the one administering the healing. The one doing the work of the ministry. The one that's praying, that's preaching, that's, that's, that's singing, that's supporting, that's, that's encouraging, that's following You. Father, we praise You. We thank You for it in Jesus' name. That we'll walk in that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, listen.